on the Spencer's the Pez, poking out at the cons, Renaissance fests, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, and boys. And here is your host, a man who cannot get enough tomatoes. And when I say tomatoes, I mean tomatoes. Derek McCaw. Thank you, thank you. And I just want to say, impressive breath control. Your face turned the color. Of this tomato. Well, thank you. Uh, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are podcasting from the Brett Cave with a very special show tonight. But first of all, my announcer, right there, wearing a fantastic Hulk shirt. I admire your t- T-shirt. Incredible Hulk. It's an incredible Hulk T-shirt. Go ahead. I am Nate Costa. That's right. And across from me is podcast producer and moral compass. Rick Brett Snyder. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, aren't you a minister in the Universal Life Church? Or is that just Garcia? That's just Garcia. We miss him. We should have him. Actually, I am too. I am also a registered minister. So, you know, if any of you need marriages performed by a member of your favorite podcast, why are you staring at me? We're available. No, I... I cannot make your wedding. I was I was going to try to wangle well, an invitation. You were, were going to come to my uh, wedding renewal service, and I was going to have both of you do the oh, tag teaming thing. You didn't tell me that, that we were going to tag but, team. But, but you couldn't make it. That's true, I couldn't. Figure so. it wasn't going to make any difference. That's right. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, you're getting married somewhere around Comic-Con next summer, are you not? Yes, Comic-Con was nice to us and decided to <laughs> bump Comic-Con up one week in 2013 instead of two weeks like they did this year or keep it normal like they do every other year. Right. So, by nice, uh, Nate means... The opposite. Exactly. So let your vocabulary so word for for the week be nice, facetious. Exactly. <laughs> Are you you're going to have the ceremony hall H? We thought about it. <laughs> That'd be really cool because then we could all just sit down and sit exactly. in hall H for the rest That's great. of the day, and then watch clips from upcoming films. Exactly. Fantastic. Well, and I try to do it on a day where a Marvel panel was next or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, well, <laughs> um, so anyway, if you're amused by us, please uh, tell other people. I'm going to say it up top again that we are available. The Fanboy Planet podcast is available on iTunes. You can subscribe. Please do. Tell your friends to subscribe and uh, write a review while you're at it. We'd love, love to get your feedback on the actual iTunes review board because uh, that helps. And uh, we're also uh, carried on Stitcher. And what was the other one you reminded me of? Podcast po- Pickle. Podcast Pickle. I don't I hear like ab- saying that. I know, but I don't hear about that one very They're much still anymore. around. They've got good reviews. Okay, great. Uh, so review us on whatever, however you listen to us, review us. Thank you. And uh, if you really like us, the best review and of all. And you can get it right at fanboyplanet.com. It, you can. And uh, we like that too. And and when you're at fanboyplanet.com, you can also make a you know a, the best review of all, a small donation on paypal the button's right there it's useful it's simple go you can also uh pick up items that you hear about on this podcast through amazon.com 
I have realized from listening to other podcasts that you should probably clear your cookies first and then go through the links that we uh, that we provide on Fanboy Planet. That's probably safe. But they'll probably work even if you. Don't. Uh, no, no, I'm not sure. So yeah. uh, I've been hearing uh, I've been hearing that from other are podcasts. There nefariously sticky cookies. Uh, there are there's mm, warm toll house cookies. Sticking are slightly you, undercooked. Are, are you sticking your browser cookies? <laughs> that was the most disturbing and salacious phrase. And unexpectedly so, I've heard. <laughs> Slightly undercooked Otis Spunkmeyer cookies. Um, They're the best. Wow. It just, it just sounded wow, like a wow, wow. And uh, anyway, uh, so we've got some comics. We've got a special interview. Uh, Rick and I spent some time this afternoon in the offices of Slave Labor Graphics interviewing uh, publisher Dan Vado. But first, we have a letter I'm gonna need what? somebody nice. to provide the to provide the theme Is it song. A letter or email? We got an email okay. in response to an email from last week, uh, from sometime can, uh, sometime uh, guest. So, do you uh, want me to do the song? Or can not? you do the, the song? Do the song. Well, yeah. Okay. Can you remember it? Yes, I know. It's not. It's not very hard. It's no, not it's not. <laughs> All right. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> it's not uncanny. We've got Fanny Bell. Excellent. I could hear like the five part harmony right there. It was nice. Thank you. Uh, we got a, we got an email from Troy Benson. So nice. leave it to Troy, friend of the program, friend Troy of the program, crusading, uh, district, crusading, attorney. crusading district attorney Troy Benson. Uh, and the here we go from last week's uh, response. And to a heck Mi- of a dad. It, absolutely. In <laughs> response to Mister Trent One Hundred, he writes. A, he sent an email titled Thor's Hammer. Uh, here we go. So here we go. Captain America's costume doesn't change when he picks up Mjolnir because Cap isn't truly worthy. <gasps> what? Uh-oh. To find the answer, you I have can to hear Troy's voice saying that. <laughs> to find the answer, you have to go to the DC Marvel crossovers, DC versus Marvel and JLA Avengers. In DC versus Marvel, Wonder Woman picked up the hammer and became a version of Thor. Her costume changed, but in JLA Avengers, Superman briefly utilized the hammer in issue number four without undergoing a costume change. It became clear at the end of the book when Superman could no longer lift the hammer that Thor is able to circumvent the enchantment in desperate hours. Wow. As Thor was being overwhelmed by the bad guys, he threw the hammer to Superman and knew that Superman would be able to wield it, while later in the book only Superman was surprised that he could no longer lift the hammer. In DC vs. Marvel's number two and three, Wonder Woman barely touched the hammer and was transformed into a wondrous version of Thor. No striking of the hammer was necessary. So I believe that Thor, when necessary, can will the hammer to allow individuals who otherwise wouldn't be worthy to use the hammer, Captain America and Superman, while others are just worthy on their own. Beta Ray Bill, Wonder Woman, Eric Masterson, and Odin, which would also explain why Cap doesn't pick up the hammer more often. So do I win a no prize? No. Uh, first of all, Troy, we do not give out no prizes. We had our license. Um, no, we give out what uh, what we got from our families. Bitter disappointment. And so, um, <laughs> wow. No. Uh, but the thing I wonder is like, really? Superman isn't worthy? I'm going to counter that. I mean, this is really well argued, but I'm like... What did Superman do that means he's not worthy? I would argue that both Superman and Captain America are worthy. But they didn't strike the hammer. Except, but you've got one of them barely touching. I don't know. Well, it's an interesting, well-reasoned strike argument. strike the hammer come around? It's, it's just picking it up. Well, because in the origin story, the hammer is disguised yeah, as a stick. 
Um, that was part of so. Uh, hey, kids, punishment. go through the forest picking up up <laughs> sticks and strike the ground with them as often as you can. Wonderful. Yes. Uh, so you know, it's very interesting, Troy. I really like that. It's well argued, and I have a feeling in these days of great political argument that this is going to strike a lot more controversy than anything that's actually happened in the news this week. <laughs> so please write in if you have a response and a retort. What did Superman do that means he's not worthy? Uh, We're not worthy. <laughs> right not in, we should worthy. clarify your own personal fan fiction does not count. Right, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com or comment on our Facebook page yes. or uh, on Twitter. We have a Twitter account as well. And so what did Captain America do? Hashtag fanboyplanet. What did he well, You know, he was in a war. He so let Bucky die. He no, he do. didn't let Bucky die. Bucky no. died. He committed. War atrocities. He may have killed some no. Germans. Yeah, Thor's killed innumerable creatures, humans, gods, ice giants, monsters, ice hopes giants. and dreams. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, you so know we'll what? see. Um, yeah, because when you actually look at the myths, uh, whoever is worthy, I mean, pretty much anybody would really be worthy considering Thor's behavior in the mythology. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, Stan, if only you had read books before you wrote. Um, <laughs> I went there. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so Nate's holding himself back. Yes. No. 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 All right. Well, no. check us out on those sites. Make a response. Make a retort. We we welcome the conversation. Let's get uh, another attorney to you know. What's the opposite of the DA? Uh, public defender. Yeah. PD. Get a public. Let's defender. hear from a PD. <laughs> I actually do know a, a PD. So Albert Camacho, if you have started listening to this podcast. Uh, why don't you write in there? I've challenged that directly. Okay. Uh, yes, absolutely. And so, uh, speaking of conversations, uh, we had one this afternoon, as I mentioned with Dan Beto, uh, from Slave Labor Graphics, both about upcoming books from that company, as well as an event on August 31st. So I want to stress that August 31st in downtown San Jose, an event that fills California, my heart. Right. I'm sorry. I know. Because I think we might have one Costa Rican listener. We might. There's a San Jose, New Mexico, too. New Mexico? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. What about in old Mexico? Uh, I don't know. All right. Well, San Jose, California, uh, where most of the Fanboy Planet podcasts emanate from. Uh, in our hometown here, there is an event that fills my heart with terror, and yet I am strangely attracted to it. So let's listen to the conversation that Rick and I recorded earlier this afternoon. Uh, this is the Fanboy Planet podcast here with Dan Vado of the of Slave Labor Graphics and SLG Boutique and Gallery, uh, Art Boutique and Gallery. I apologize, uh, and we're here talking with Dan because next Friday, August thirty first, is the I can't remember which annual. How many years? Fourth, is fourth it's annual. The fourth one. Zombie Orama. Now, listeners know that I have a mor- morbid and mortal fear of zombie attack, and yet here I am promoting. And who knows? I might uh, might even participate. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking a lot of Xanax this week to see what will happen uh, in, the, in the zombie walk uh, in downtown San Jose. So let's talk about uh, the origins of this event. Uh, you've been in- involved in the be- since the beginning. Was this uh, your brainchild? Yeah, essentially, um, the uh, the downtown San Jose Downtown Association has a weekly uh, movie series called Starlight Cinemas, and uh, a number of years ago, uh, after I sort of became sort of aware of when we opened the gallery and and, and uh, started trying to participate in more downtown stuff, 
I sent a poll, uh, like, hey, these are the movies we're going to show in your neighborhood, and I thought they were all pretty lame. And so I uh, I emailed them and said, hey, look, why don't you show Shaun of the Dead, and then uh, I'll put on a zombie crawl, and we'll see what happens. So at least as a virtue of not having been done in downtown, and and uh, it could be fun. We turn it into a food drive, uh, which it is. It's a food drive for a canned food drive for a Second Harvest. And um, I think, you know, my estimate was like five, six hundred people showed up. Their estimate was like a thousand or more. Uh, they usually get maybe a hundred, 150 for one of their movies. So, uh, and, and, you know, the other businesses downtown really got a kick out of it because people were going around and into their places on a, on a Wednesday night. If yeah. nothing else to terrify. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was a little bit of, uh, <laughs> there was a little bit in that first one. People got a little out of control. Um, you know, a little bit of people were banging on, on restaurant windows and storming light rail cars, not really storming, but you know, just being obnoxious. And so, uh, we hadn't really anticipated that there was going to be that level of stupidity and, and, uh, you know, put a more... So if you uh, participate, there's like a, a, a set of rules and regulations? And, you know, there, there are rules that are just common sense rules, you know, in terms of society. If you're dripping in blood, don't go drape yourself all over somebody that's not interested, you know? It's just stuff like that. If and We, um, we uh, provided businesses that are in downtown with a, with a pair of signs that they could put in their door and one was even if they were zombie friendly zombie friendly or <laughs> stay away and just remind people like okay if people don't wa- need not apply if people don't want you in their place don't go in you know that's just what it what it's all about and 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 just respect people's boundaries yeah okay. it's a little, a little difficult for some people sometimes because they get all into the into the moment but but that's just sure. Know. And for those, and there, and there must be some who aren't aware, the concept of the zombie crawl is that you will gather and shamble downtown. Yeah, the, well, the way we work it is a little different than the traditional zombie crawl, which is like every. Everybody, it's hilarious that we could say that but there is a traditional. So <laughs> this is not your father's zombie crawl. <laughs> this is a, this is actually it's funny because one of the things that struck me with the first one was uh, how many families uh, were here. How many young kids were there? Uh, we had we had kind of promoted it as a bar crawl, the the crawl as a bar crawl, as most of these things kind of are. And because it was tied into the movie night, and there were a number of places on the on the on the route map that were not specifically just bars, but were restaurants, and people brought their kids out, and that was cool. I thought that was cool, and 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 so then people from SJDA also agreed that that was kind of what makes our thing a little bit different. Is it? It is a family event. It's not not that that we're asking anybody to tone down makeup, but I think it's great that somebody showed up that first year with a kid in a stroller dressed up as a zombie. The kid in mm-hmm. the stroller. It was pretty frightening, actually. <laughs> and uh, but they were getting into it and 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 having fun. And it's like, hey, you know, maybe that's just uh, something that that just needs to be more of on on a regular not a regular basis but you know just a way to kind of keep families together and and show them that that downtown's not just all about like and you know like whatever is going on here after right, we're not o'clock. saying monthly zombie family events just but a family event oh, why not be, sure yeah. well you know Whatever. why not yeah, because why i <laughs> can i can only take so much you only take so, tolerance yeah. builds up no no gotcha no 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 the, it's it's i think i think I think there's a way that you can do things that are sort of quote unquote family events without them having to be lame. 
You know, right. it's like the first thing everyone does is like, oh, this is an all ages event. It's like, let's rip the guts out of it. So we literally put the guts back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, obviously there, there are things that, that, uh, like you said, we got kind of a code of conduct that people have to appear to adhere to, but that's mostly just to make sure you're respecting other people's spaces. But I, there's other than that, there's no, there's no telling, you know, what, uh, what kind of costuming people will come up with and, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, so it is to benefit the Second Harvest Food Bank, yep. the, the local chapter of that. Um, if you want to participate, how is that tied in? How how do, do you show up with a canned food item? Just uh, one, just or as many as you want. I mean, bring as we I think over the years taking in like a good two three thousand pounds of, of canned food. And and from my understanding, I, I don't deal with the food bank directly. From my understanding, that uh, our event has become one of the biggest non holiday events that they do that they have that, that, that generates just a lot of, of goods for them. And so, you know, it's it's kind of the nice thing uh, about it. You know, zombies don't need to eat or they need to eat brains. So if you've got, like, canned corn and you're covered, you don't need it anymore. Just <laughs> show up with it and and uh, and donate it. And it's going to go to, uh, you know, I mean, it's actual canned goods. So that means that stuff is going to go somewhere. I mean, you know, the temptation on my part is to take out all the chili because I'll probably eat it. But um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a sort of part and parcel with the way I envision the event, which is to as it evolved, is to make it you know more about community uh, and less about um, sort of self indulgence. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I mean, you know. Dressed up like a zombie and we're walking around going, ah, it's pretty, uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty kind of a self-indulgent kind of out there part thing. But it doesn't always have to be about going from bar to bar and getting liquored up. Not that there isn't their fair share of, of that going on. It's kind of the same thing, isn't it? There are nights. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's come one thirty a.m., pretty much everybody looks like that, right, in okay. downtown. So uh, we're just doing it a little earlier and a little bit more blood. Or less, maybe, depending and, on And, and more families. Yeah. Uh, it, and, it, and it's cool. I mean, it's not like this is... If you are a fan of the bar crawl aspect of this thing, it's not that you won't have a good time. You'll have an excellent time. There's two, three bars that are participating and offering drink specials all night long and, and uh, that really get into the spirit of the event. But it's just something that doesn't need to exclude anyone. Right. You know, and this is Friday, August thirty first, right? Uh, and the movie this year is again Shaun, Shaun of the, the Dead. Dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. so a great kind of you know communal thing of that. Watching that among the zombies should be interesting. Um, where do people show up to turn in their food and to get started with this? Um, we here at the Art Boutique, we're opening up at noon. We're going to have a couple of makeup artists here for people who don't have makeup. And for and those who get, don't know, remind me your ad, your street address. We're at five seven seven South Market Street in downtown. Uh, San Jose is sort of where uh, market and first come together, sort of the ass end of downtown, as we call it. Um, but um, the um, uh, yeah, so we'll have a couple of makeup artists here. They're they're going to have every each artist here will have a five dollar option. So no, it won't be free. We the first year we did it free, and and I failed to account for the fact that that makeup's not free. Uh, so there'll be a f- quick five dollar down and dirty option that you can uh, that most of the artists will have, uh, and then you can ask for more complicated. What, what you get charged for your makeup is going to be between you and the artist. But we'll be doing that from here from noon till roughly four, maybe five o'clock, and then the movie site will open up, and that's in the parking lot right neck right across from the California the Theater. Uh, I guess if you were going to try and Google the address, the the, the address they came up with was thir- three twenty two South First Street. 
you won't be able to miss it. There'll be food trucks there. There'll be vendor tents there. And zombies. And zombies. <laughs> the stage, big screen. We'll have live music uh, by a band called Picture Atlantic. That's a one of the more successful local bands here in uh, in actually in Northern California. And, uh, and of course, the movie, and then there'll be a costume contest. Right. It sounds like a great, great festival. Yeah. Uh, so again, to, just to sum that up, uh, if you want to come here, uh, come with a with a can of food can, for the or second more. Harvest, or, or more. Yeah. I'm sorry, minimally yeah. a can of food. Yeah. And if you do not have makeup skills of your own, some people it frightens me to find out who is really good at doing this to themselves. But if you do not have that skill of making yourself look like a zombie, uh, five dollars to pay for a professional makeup artist or more or, or more, more depending oh, on what you that. want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that, that'll be up to uh, that'll be up to you and the artist. Uh, okay. We have three. We have at least four here, and then there's going to be. Some of the vendors are going to be selling makeup supplies, and then we'll do... Oh, great. Yeah. So, so we've got one person that, that does latex uh, and has all, all kinds of stuff there. So you can actually come down here without makeup and, and actually get yourself pretty well set. What yeah. about distressed clothing or anything like that? Should do... Well, I'll distress your clothing okay, for good. you if you want. <laughs> if you can walk in here, I will rip it up for you. Excellent. Right, right off the body. That is full service. So kind. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. That's, that, I, yeah, I, I think... Just the thing to keep in mind if, if you're if you're going to come and do this and you want to do it right, uh, it's not really the quality of your makeup or your clothing. I think it's the quality of your backstory. Because think about it, everybody that's a zombie died, right? So, and you, if you're showing up with some crazy thing, you know, me being the guy that I am, that's kind of into the detail, I'll say, well, how does that work? <laughs> how did you die looking like that? You know, and then if you've got a story, I'll go. All right, that's that's actually pretty good because me, the editor, and me will just right, that. right. Hey, that's pretty good. You should write that down. So, not that I'll help you with it, but you know, that's that's kind of neat. You see a lot of people like the the the, uh, the sort of the ones I like are the, are the people are the girls who show up in the in the sort of like naughty nurse costumes. And mm-hmm. like, under what circumstances did you die looking like that? I want to know. What, what did you? What were you they, doing right there? They would be and you helpless know what? in that I, situation. Though. I did I that. No, no, no. I did that last year. I went to a girl and who came in here, and I said, "I want to know your backstory," and she gave it to me. And I go, "That makes sense." Here you go. Have what? a free comic book. Stripper ground. Do we know what place? was it? Was she? Yeah. No, she was uh, on her way to a Halloween party mm. when she was attacked by uh, what she thought was just like her boyfriend, but it turned out to be her boyfriend zombie. And I'm okay. like, I dig it. All right. And then the boyfriend was right there. And he goes, like, yeah. And he had on like a Dracula costume. <laughs> oh, yeah, I totally cost. did that. <laughs> he, was like a zombie, he was like a zombie Dracula. And it's a, that's what kind of got me going. It wasn't so much her. It was him. I go, I don't, I don't get it. You know, so yeah. what's, what's the deal with that? And then they gave me the story. I'm like, okay, you thought about this, at least in that, or you're quick on your feet. Either way, I have a free comic book. That's, that's so. good. Right. Because, of course, again, this is... Uh, Let's talk largely. You know, this is a community event that the Art Boutique sponsors. Um, you should explain that we're. But we should talk about this. We, we are in. currently in the Art Boutique we don't Gallery, which was the warehouse <laughs> of uh, Slave Labor Graphics, your comic book company. Because Dan, for those who don't know, again, is the longtime publisher, editor in chief, in and out of uh, of Slave Labor Graphics. Supreme which, Commander. Supreme Commander. I'm down with that. What uh, my business card. Which says. I remember back in the '80s. Think that well, the first time I met you, I said I was a big fan of its science with Doctor Radium, and uh, <laughs> and the Griffin, yeah. uh, the greatest San Jose-based superhero in comics history. 
<laughs> so, which, which you wrote, I think, as well. I did right? write yeah. that, yes. Um, I wrote that. that was, that's my claim to fame. Is, is it had that light rail in it. It had light rail. It had light rail in the convention center when they were brand new, and yeah. I had I, the you know the lead character picked up the light rail and threw it into the convention center, and it was my statement on redevelopment downtown at the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, no sequel in the works. Then I'm not going to go. <laughs> but we tried to do a sequel. It was very difficult to, to to when we when I wrote that story back in originally '87. Mm-hmm. That stuff was kind of kind of cool new yeah. i guess whatever but now there's been umpteen million variations of of the same theme mm-hmm. and uh, uh actually it was funny like a few years back like three four years back at at, at comic-con at, uh, at san diego in, at comic-con in san diego i don't know i'm not quite sure what to call that yeah. anymore but anyway so this hollywood guy you can always pick him out uh he had come up to me and he had bought the book and you know was chatting about it and he says like well you know this seems somebody recommended this to me and i read it last night after i bought it but it seems it seems very you know like retread and i go like well retread but i wrote this in 1987 so okay i appreciate the fact that like there's 25 other things that are just like it now but i did mine first you know just nobody read it back then Uh, i did yeah thank you yeah Yeah. (laughs) But it doesn't help you now. I understand. Yeah. But so talk about uh, Boutique's you know, mission statement. Here's a chance to say. You know, the Art downtown. Boutique? Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the thing that we're trying to do here is um, kind of the sort of an extension of what we what I do with publishing, which is giving an opportunity to people to do things um, in, and, you know, help themselves find an audience. So the art on the wall... Uh, you know, sometimes as local people, we did a thing with mm-hmm. Notre Dame here, and you know, I take a chance on on you know putting art on the wall from people who maybe aren't quite gallery ready uh, in regards to where they are in their art. But you know, it's always that one thing where you need to have that experience of getting up there and mm-hmm. um, uh, and and having people look at it, and then nobody buying anything and realizing what am I doing wrong, you know, or or at least saying I don't care developing that aspect of okay, it going yeah. forward you know and we're just trying to make it fun we're trying to we try to do it be a reflection of what what we what i dig you know things i like uh which are is an extension of uh of what i publish and things like that and then as far as live music it's the same thing mm-hmm. we do live music here three four times a month and um it's a great it's, stage i love the stage area back in this warehouse it's it's People really, we tried to make it, I, you know, all I can do, because we're not a bar, we're not a restaurant, you know, there's no real money to be made in playing here. So what we tried to do with that aspect of it was just to create a space that people felt like they could really perform in. And mm-hmm. one of the things that we discovered after we moved in here and we had a Christmas party in here with a live band was just how incredible music sounds in here. Mm-hmm. And this is probably one of the best sounding places in downtown. And um, and I should say for those who might suddenly be interested in coming down here, you do. It's not a bar, but you do have snacks and drinks. We have, yeah, we have a few. We have some sodas. We have snacks. And, you know, I mean, nothing that you're not going to want to skip dinner and come here. But uh, you know, if you're you're not going to go parched either. You know. Mm-hmm. But and you run a different a lot of different genres too because I know there's a jazz night. We uh, do jazz. Um, we. Our, I experiment with a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of it sort of the reflects what comes through here. So, um, 
we have a, a number of sort of indie style rock bands that come in. The one thing we don't program here is we don't do any uh, any punk or metal. Uh, not for a variety of reasons. A, this is a concrete warehouse, and something that's that loud is just going to sound really horrible. Uh, and secondly, while I don't have any problem with the genres of music, um, and you know, spent a, a good share of my college years listening to a lot of punk, I don't like people who go to punk shows. They are punks, <laughs> and I don't want them in here because they're going to. My business is in here, and yeah, and I don't really want to be you know cleaning up messes and breaking up fights. It's not what we're all about, right? Here. Because you do still keep a lot of backstock on the walls yeah, around here. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's literally we're, we've carved out a little performance and gallery space out of our work area and we're asked when we ask people to come in we're we're sort of inviting people into where we work you know it's mm-hmm. like a living we might be printing t-shirts in the middle of a of a concert so mm-hmm. uh but we're doing some other stuff too we were, we have we just I'm starting a thing called Songstress Saturday where I think maybe once every couple of months we're just going to have uh female um singer songwriters perform uh, just seemed to be that that was kind of popping up a lot, and people were asking. It's like, well, where do I put that on a on a bill? Yeah. On a bill, and I go like, oh, well, let's just put it all together. I finally, I got three or four of them. We'll just put them all together and see what happens. And, mm-hmm. and they typically just, sell their CDs and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I see a couple of signs out here. Record, you know, recorded at the Art Boutique, the Dormice and uh, Sweeney, Sweeney Shrag. Shrag. Sweeney Shrag, who is a, uh, a teacher at uh, professor at San Jose State. English oh. professor, yeah. So, oh, cool. Uh, but yeah, we're big jazz guys here, so we like we'd like to have. If I had my druthers, if I were going to go one way here, it would be jazz, and jazz and comics, of course. You know those two things that are unique American art forms, mm-hmm. along with the uh, feature film and the short story. Right. Um, how much can you really say about that? And, and and yet, you know, it's funny because there are more of appreciation for all of those things in other countries. Uh, more than there are in this country, mm-hmm. comics and jazz mm-hmm. and and, uh, and maybe not feature films to the to that degree, but um, so yeah. I mean, you know, if I I think that if we if we had our dream thing to do here, it would be to have this be a, like San Jose's jazz spot. Oh, that'd be that'd be very cool. Yeah. And let's talk a second about publishing. A lot of your of of your publications have gone to online. You're doing a lot of digital work. We're all our new stuff is coming out digitally first. Um, the print market seems to have uh, mostly evaporated um, in the in the uh, economic you know decline. Uh, mm-hmm. We lost Borders Books, and Barnes and Noble is probably while not going to go under is you know going to reduce their number of stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, comic stores never really did carry our stuff, um, except for the one or two things that were kind of successful, but. We never really got that much support from the comic book market, um, you know, beyond just like, oh, here's a copy that I ordered for a customer. They didn't get picked up, and I put it on the mm-hmm. shelf and sold it. And like, So, you know, uh, digital presents itself with an opportunity to sort of test out what we do here. You know, what I do best is, you know, find people who haven't been published and, and mm-hmm. give them an opportunity to be published. But we can't just put things into print the way we used to there's no money in inventory there's no um there's really no place to sell some of this stuff anymore mm-hmm. um, and so the digital market at least which is going to be a long process in regards to trying to get people uh, you know who are really attached to that print notion to, to buy into the digital thing but 
with with creators that we're signing on now are telling us like you're gonna have to earn your way into print. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that's just it. If if we can't, and it's not just a matter of how many you know units we sell, but if we make your thing available as a digital download and it's free and nobody bothers with it, then that tells me that if we can't give something away, then we're probably not gonna be able to sell it either. Mm-hmm. And so it, it it allows me a little bit more freedom in regards to testing and working with new people and and being able to work with them and put our brand on something and and uh, you know get it out there and mm-hmm. in the hopes that it will at least if we don't make money from the digital side of it that we're at least uh, well yeah I know you have coming up because I talked to my friend uh, Chris Wisnia at Comic. Comic Con that you've got a hardcover coming through Amazon for uh, yeah. uh, Monstrosis. Monstro- yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, what is the actual title of it? Now? Monstrosis. Monstrosis, the giant ro- Russian monster, or is it the giant monster Russian conspiracy? Giant Russian. <laughs> it's the giant. Doris Danger. It's the Russian giant monster conspiracy. Which is his his work is a great uh, homage to the Kirby the, the Lee Kirby horror uh, monster time monster things. Yeah, you 50s, know that 60s. actually that piece is, but his work is not all like that. And the the thing that I think that's very interesting about Chris Wisney's work is he's just flat out he's crazy, and <laughs> and he's just very very funny and and uh, he's got a very interesting way of looking at things and 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 um, you know I think that one of the things that was kind of we, this will be the second volume of his book of his work that we'll have done and it's like you know once he starts to figure out how to tell a whole story and he's going to be a really just a pun intended right because he's doing short stories right, right now yeah. right and, and, and he's trying to he stitches them together and whatever and kind of plays for the gag and it takes a little while to become yeah. really accomplished as a he writer he hasn't done his graphic epic yet yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other one I see you have is the Pinocchio uh, Vampire Slayer now that, that is coming out in print actually the, yes. the third one we uh, we broke up the third volume into two books uh, okay. because it was coming in at close to three hundred pages, and I felt like a twenty dollar that would make it like a twenty to twenty five dollar book, and I felt like we were going to lose too many people who invested in those first couple where one was ten ninety five and the other was fourteen ninety five, and so I think there's a lot of price sensitivity um, on re- in in regards to the uh, to the audience, and so. I wanted to make sure that it was out there in as affordable a format as possible. Okay. So that's actually a, the the third the three A I guess is what we're calling it. it's out now. The three B is going to be out sometime now in September, um, and uh, and then I, that'll wrap it all up. And that's you know just such a tremendous. Tremendously funny and entertaining. Thing. It is. I didn't yeah. think I was going to like it, and then I read it. And you know, I thought it was really good. It's funny about that because the uh, the interesting thing about Pinocchio was that uh, uh, before we got the submission, I believe it was Mark Wade actually emailed me and said, "Look, you're getting this thing. It's called Pinocchio: The Vampire Slayer. I'm just asking you to make sure you read it. It's really good." And I'm like, oh, this got to be some kind of suck, right? You know, <laughs> whatever. Why is Wade doing this? And uh, and so I expected it to, you know, because it says, oh, it's going to be that, right? That's yeah. what everybody's reaction. Yeah, it's going to be that. I mean, it's brilliant in in regards to the high concept. It's like, of course, yes, the little wooden boy is going to hunt vampires, but but I just figured like, oh, it's going to be that kind of. It's going to be shit. You know, somebody's going to call me and tell me to keep an open mind. No, so 
I, uh, I made sure that, that the submission came to my desk instead of I had uh, someone who was reading this stuff at the time. I said, if you see something from that, just put it, give it to me. And I read them, the first volume, or what they sent of it to me, and I was like, this is actually really good. <laughs> and, and it's like, that's everybody's reaction. It's like, hey, this is actually pretty good. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like it's 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 one of those things you don't exactly put on the back of the of the dust jacket. Hey, this was actually pretty good. You know, <laughs> I expected total crap. Uh, <laughs> what else do you have coming that you should want to push? It's like, uh, and this uh, you won't hate as much as you think it will. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, here's some more stuff that probably might well, not suck. Well, from uh, we're actually kind of taking it easy uh, from the print, for the print side, from all sides, because it's just like I said, there isn't a whole big giant marketplace of stuff that's out there. But we have some things that that you can buy uh, on Amazon that we had actually solicited and decided not to distribute through the comic book markets because the orders were so low and the overhead for submitting sending them through there was just going to be so high. So that we found that we could just put this stuff out in shorter runs through Amazon and our own website and, and push the digital and probably be better off for it. So there's some stuff that you haven't seen. And the, the one thing that I always uh, point people to is this book called Loserville that is, again, it's available on Amazon right now. It's by a guy named Alex Cox. He's in Northern California. Um, no, I'm sorry. He's in Oregon. Uh, maybe he's somewhere in the United States. I'm, sure if you, <laughs> I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Northwest? <laughs> he's somewhere. Yeah. I think in the Northwest. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, um, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a graphic novel about a guy and his wife and it's sort of like as if Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes kind of grew up and had a family, but he just never really changed. And, and, oh, and it's just like there's these, his wife comes down with the worst disease you could possibly have, this thing called multiple sclerosis. And the, exploderosis, you know, exploderosis uh, and basically what happens is that you could go your whole life having this disease, never have a symptom, and then you might explode. And so then it's these two people, and they're they're offered an opportunity to maybe like go back to to parts of their lives, like answering kind of that eternal question: If you had to do it all over again, would you? Mm-hmm. And it's very, very funny and and uh, a really, really strong first effort. And I, I'm kind of sad that, that it hasn't done better. But it's the one that we kind of keep pushing out. It's like, oh, it's our new thing, even though it came out about a year ago. Um, and it's just well, well worth going in and looking into that. Okay. Um, after that, we've got... Uh, we got a number of things that we're doing. We're doing a, a thing with a, a Bay Area songwriter uh, songwriter duo called Bobby Joey Bola uh, and the Children McNugget, where we're doing a, a comic book that looks like a little golden book that go to go along with their CD, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's, so it's like a book and record set. And so that's kind of neat. That's going to be out next month. Um, we have the Pinocchio books, uh, Knights of the Living Dead, which is by the artist of. The Pinocchio books, which is sort of, mm-hmm. to simplify it, zombies in King Arthur's court. Mm-hmm. But it's not just about that. We have, uh, going forward, we have, we're going to be helping the, these guys that, we didn't do their digital side, but uh, Aaron Alexevich, who did 
uh, Serenity Rose for us. When your audience is listening mm-hmm. to this, going like, "What the hell is he talking about? I've never heard of any of these books." No, some of them they may. Some have. of them may. But the, the four of you, the, you know, the guy that did Serenity Rose and, and Drew Roush, who was the artist on a lot of the Haunted Mansion stories. Uh, I remember your Haunted Mansion book very yeah, well. Yes, uh, that that I wrote, and he's a tremendous artist. They've been doing a digital series called Eldritch, and we're going to put together their hardcover. A collection for them, and that's going to be out probably in October. Um, and then after that, it's just kind of like we're waiting for a few things to kind of come together and mm-hmm. and uh, and see. We have uh, a series right now called Model A by a gentleman named Jeff Bambus, who is works in our warehouse, and it's a silent movie styled comic book about oh, interesting. a robot who jumps off an assembly line and and sort of like finds himself in the real world, and and the other models are sort of in his way of his achieving enlightenment. And then another comic series that we're doing that's digital right now called Sanctuary by San Jose artist named Steve Coughlin. Uh, and it's sort of like the island of Dr. Moreau crossed with the Jungle Book. Hmm. Uh, and it's really, really good. Uh, it's probably of all the digital stuff that we've done, uh, the digital first stuff that we've done, that's the one that's actually starting to get reviewed in places that okay. don't ordinarily review things that are, are digital only. So all your digital stuff is available at Slave Alert. What's your URL? For, for uh, on our website at slgcomic.com. If you go slgcomic.com slash imelt, we used to have... We were actually one of the first guys into the digital thing. We I do a, remember that. Right. We had a, a, a website. EYE Melt? Yes. Uh, EYE Melt. Because right. I named it that because I am not a personally, at the time when we started that, uh, I was not a fan of reading comics digitally. The, it was before there were tablets or mm-hmm. really good screens on smartphones or anything like that. And we were just basically looking at people. We were looking for an alternative, a legal alternative to offer our material up for people who did want to download stuff. For uh, where they, we could actually make some money because we were looking at we're just walking money out the door uh, on this thing, and so um, so we started iMelt, but I called it iMelt because I can't stand it, and it's just like it, I felt like staring at the screen that long, my eyes would start to melt. So that's we called it iMelt, uh, iMelt.com. But yeah, so slgcomic.com/slash iMelt, and you'll see all our digital series, which are also. All available at Comixology. Okay. If you have, that. and that's a that's a great service. There are other services as well. Uh, Iverse, which does the thing where you can go into the comic shops and buy stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which I still don't quite understand, but that's there. And then there's a few others that are popping up. There, we also have our stuff available in the iTunes Store, um, where you can buy a book, a comic, and EPUB format, mm-hmm. and read it in your in your iBook reader or uh, and, and we're working on on trying to get onto the Kindle uh, as well. Comixology has uh, at least the option where if you buy if you buy it in one format, if you buy the the download mm-hmm. in one format, right. you can read it in, on any platform. Right. So that's kind of a cool thing. And we've sort of jumped in whole hog with those folks uh, just because of the, of the virtue of, of having so many different platforms covered. They got the the iOS platform, the Android platform, and you read it on your desktop, you know, through a web interface, uh, you know. There's whatever. actually a way you can you can have, you can email it to a Kindle. So yes. if someone was to buy it, they can yes. get their email address and have it sent. Yeah, actually, you can, our, our EPUB files, you can read right. on I on the Kindle Fire. I wouldn't, I wouldn't 
I, I wouldn't have used the old black and white Kindle. But you could send it. You could actually send it to the Kindle app on the iPad. Yeah. And Amazon as well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, Amazon, Android as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of flexibility. Even if you know we sell from our website, our uh, we'll sell um, DRM-free PDF files, and uh, you can read those in just about any mm-hmm. any reader possible. Mm-hmm. You don't have the little nifty little panel right, the panel thing that can that comicsology has had but and i i actually and again maybe it's just because i'm old and behind the curve and not the target audience for that type of thing but one of the things that always kind of comes to mind when i read that stuff that way is that where people say oh well but it doesn't have the guided reading it's like you know what i used to be able to guide myself through a comic book on my own mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i think i've got a pretty good idea of how it goes and and uh and I and I, I almost don't want to see that become the way people read comics because then it's going to affect the way people draw comics as it becomes more and more of a thing. And it is becoming more and more of a thing every every quarter we see our sales go up. It already is because, yeah. uh, like, Marvel's doing, doing um, I forgot what the line's called, but they've done a couple that have not, that won't go to print. Yeah. They can't because of the way they're formatted. Right. A couple of X-Men books, I think, have done that one. Yeah. And it's, it's just, I mean... You could go, you, yeah, you could take anything and put it anywhere. But it's just like I think that that really, if you just allow yourself the notion that your Kindle or your Fire or your iPad is roughly the size of a comic book, and that's the size of the art that's going to mm-hmm. be there, and you can zoom in and out on your mm-hmm. own, you know, using a very a variety of couple different readers, you can still have that same comic book experience. You're not going to have to hinder the storytelling of the. Uh, of the uh, of the artist, the storytelling mm-hmm. ability of the artist, or the design of the page, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, so much will get lost, especially because because we'll sit here and 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 we do all the work, all the storytelling work for the books that go on Comicsology, for instance. We do that here, and um, so we're going in and you know boxing out. Okay, here's panel. Here's panel one but it's a segment of a panel right it's a view into the panel right and or here's the other part or here's the other part or oh i want you to read the word balloon first then see this then see that that actually is kind of cool you (laughs) You know i mean that's funny because it's like that's like one of those things where oh well now i could put this word balloon anywhere even though if considered as an entirety from the page it wouldn't make any sense because right you know but no he said this and then you go to the expression on his face that's kind of neat I have to admit that. Brilliant. All right. Well, good. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you, Dan, for your time this afternoon. And uh, we'll probably come back in sometime and talk with the next, whatever next projects we have. So the zombie Zombie drama, August 31st, Mm -hmm. uh, starting at noon here. Starting at noon here, the the, uh, ground zero, as we call it, opens at five. All right. Is there a website for that? www.zombieorama.com. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. And once again, we are very grateful to Dan Beto for taking the time this afternoon. Want to again mention if you are interested in participating in the Zombie Orama or Zombie Orama Four officially, that you can go to the website www.zombie-o-rama.com, and uh, also mention reiterate that it is going for a great cause. Please bring a, a one canned food item, at, at least. least one canned food item, 
to benefit Second Harvest Food Bank. And if you are not uh, able to make yourself up as a zombie, they will do it for you for at least a minimum minimal donation of $5. Now, I believe uh, that one goes to pay the cost of makeup because it is expensive right. to do an a, a efficient uh, zombie makeup. Uh, and then... Uh, that's all I can promise. I, I would also for say else. that uh, we would like you on Facebook to r- chime in and suggest that Derek really attend this year and get into makeup. And in fact, if you're going to pledge via PayPal, you might earmark that money towards his makeup. These are my friends, folks. I just want to say that these are my friends. Mm. He will. He will walk. For, he will zombie walk for charity. I. I would if people there bring if people donate a lot of food. I would absolutely Eat at an actual event. I might be not even. I would just walk as a zombie around. I think that's uh, you know. Uh, of course, you if you've seen me on a Monday morning, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not much difference. Right there, there it is, right there, till I get my coffee. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, so uh, let's talk comics. So uh, he did mention, uh, Dan talked about this book, Loserville. So Rick and I both picked up a copy from the, uh, which I, I think we failed to really mention, that up front, if you go to the uh, SLG Art Gallery and Boutique, uh, or Art Boutique of- and Gallery, the front part is a comic shop. It peels apart like an onion. There's a layer it's, upon There's so layer. much going on. Every time I turn, around, I turn a corner in that place, something new. I mean, seriously, I, we sat down there in the back. And I look around and I go, oh, I haven't seen that thing before. And I and I, I go over there a lot. And uh, it's like, oh, there's always something new. And there's a yeah. great steampunk exhibit, steampunk art exhibit going wall, on. It's almost like wall hanging sculpture in. in and one frames. of the tables is set up with sculptures and jewelry, and it's it's really cool. But let's focus then here on this book, Loserville, uh, Volume One, titled "And Then You Might Explode." by Alex J. Cox. So let me say very specifically in the author biography here, as Dan alluded to, he is somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. That's as specific as the author bio gets as well. So clearly he expected a lot of hate mail from this. So uh, Rick and I both both, uh, read. I did not get a chance because I got caught in more traffic than Rick did to uh, (laughs) read all the way through. But Rick finished the whole thing. I got about halfway through. uh, And not because I'm not enjoying it. It's just I ran out of time. Because we had to get tacos before we could come and podcast. We did. They were good tacos. Priorities. Tacos. I actually delicious. had a. I actually had a burrito, and it was fantastic. Yes. So anyway, uh, so thoughts, Rick. Uh, I liked it. Uh, it's it's uh, volume one, and it's obviously a story that's ongoing. Um, not too much of a. Uh, it's called, and then you might explode because. Dan Dan covered this in the right. interview. Multiple explosions, 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 something yeah. like that. Um, and not too much of a spoiler. She doesn't actually explode in this. Volume. Right, and and it is just a MacGuffin, really, to just set up the the humor of the story. It's you know a lot of it is about you know the way people deal with stressful situations. Oh, and, I, and I think Dan uh, Dan summarized the 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 scenario quite right. You know, yeah, some of the characters. I found it funny. Uh, it's paced in kind of the web comic kind of thing, like an epi- It's very episodic. Yes, uh, which struck uh, me as odd to begin with. But in talking with you about that, that I can I can really see that, and it kind of it feels better now. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad because <laughs> <laughs> I the little mental back teen on yes. <laughs> on Rick there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it does feel as, as a lot of uh, I think a lot of books I, I mean i'm agreeing with that whole uh paradigm that that dan's talking about um 
you know, I mean, the reality is, in order to take that financial risk, a lot of people are doing the web comics and turning. And there have been people, as you mentioned, like Phil Folio. Uh, you mentioned in our conversation earlier before before dinner uh, that like Phil Folio and Girl Genius does not have that episodic feel. Right. It is very clearly designed for a collection, but I would argue that Phil Folio came out of doing comics first, yeah, and I, I think the, and I think the modern uh, the modern artists doing their storylines so forth are coming out of a tradition of. Web comics are the paradigm, right? It's and a, you want a bite of something so you can read every day or every week or whatever. Yeah, which I think is also yeah. one of the interesting things that uh, Dan Beto said. You know, uh, whether he likes it or not, I think digital comics—the way you know—they are going to be drawn differently, and people mm-hmm. are going to be thinking about the storytelling differently. Um, and yet, I'm one of those. I love those traditionals. Yeah, I love those traditional. I know comics. how to navigate a standard comic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Loserville, Volume 1, and then you might explode. We both give it a you, thumbs up. You compared the art. I'm trying to remember who you compared the artwork uh, to. Rich Kozlowski, yeah. uh, who did uh, – am I, am I saying the right guy? Um, Kozlowski, is the, I know he did Three Fingers, and which was a really great graphic novel, um, and he does The Three Geeks. But, no, that's not who I'm thinking of. The guy that does Dork Tower. Kos, oh, yeah. I've got a bunch of I've got a bunch of them. Dork Tower. That was the name I couldn't think right, of. Right, right. Yeah. Which I really love. I and love that. Yeah, I, comic. That, I think that's uh, that's a fair comparison with the comic style. Yeah, so, this is a little bit more. It's not terribly much more realistic than that one is because that's more the right. characters that are more geometric shapes and stuff. Right. Uh, but um, yeah. Well, I, you know, unlike a lot of uh, of I think st- struggling and starting we- um, artists, and I'm not even going to assume. I shouldn't presume the guy's a web comic guy first because I don't know. We haven't had a chance to even do that research and find out. Right. But. Uh, I would say that uh, what I really appreciate appreciate about his work is there is a consistency. I don't mind a certain kind of primitiveness to the art or cartooniness to the art as long as it's consistent. You know, like the cho- the, the design choices he's made are design choices, and he can stick stick with it. I, that sounds condescending, and I don't mean it to be. Um, but I think the great cartoonists and the people, on, you know, this guy's on his way to being a really good one. Um, they have a consistency, and I and I really appreciate it about this guy, Alex J. Cox. So. Yeah, and I, I would say this is definitely this is definitely a book I'd recommend to somebody who's looking for something different, looser oh, than right. standard comics. And it's nowadays. pretty reasonable, twelve ninety five. Twelve ninety five, and how many pages do you think that's about one hundred and twenty? Uh, yeah, I think Dan was going for that. I mean, I I, I do appreciate that about uh, SLG. Uh, that you know he's he's price conscious. Yes, and they're tr- and they're trying to, their number one goal, as it is with the retailers, should be with the retailers, is getting people to read comics. Yeah, and appreciate uh, that art form. So let's talk about uh, comics news today. The world was rocked. The comics world was rocked, <laughs> or at oh, least still uh, shaking a little bit. At least uh, Nate Costa's face betrayed an expression of uh, I don't even know if it was surprise, yeah, but uh, it was just rockedness. It was rockedness. Rob Liefeld, uh, and we all know Rob Liefeld, huh? Who has been like a golden boy at DC, created, uh, well, was the one part of the New 52, the launch of Hawk and Dove, which got canceled. And uh, there was something else he was doing as well before before he transferred over to these things, right? Wasn't, wasn't he doing two books? Or is it just that it was bad enough for two books? I don't remember. Okay. But they moved him over to three struggling books. Which he admits is like, you know, the sales were totally tanking, and he was brought on to try to save them, and that was The Savage Hawkman, which uh, he's co-writing with uh, Mark Poulton, is a guy I know um, who, oh shoot, uh, Kona, he had a self-created uh, character named Kona Waves, 
uh, a Hawaiian detective, like it was uh, kind of a Honey West set in Hawaii. Interesting. Uh, period piece? A period piece. Really, actually, pretty good, or it seemed like a period piece. I'm not sure. It was kind of one of those timeless things, like all uh-huh. the best of the 60s and the 21st century. He had worked at Arcana Comics for a while. I met him a couple years ago. Really nice guy. Really good book. I liked Kona Waves. Um, and so, but unfortunately, I can't say I haven't been reading Savage Hawkman, so I don't know. I did not like the original take on it when it relaunched with New 52, so I just kind of gave up, and I sadly did not come back to it, so I can't speak to it, whether Rob Liefeld utterly destroyed it or just didn't help. Um, and uh, then there was Deathstroke the Terminator. That's not fair. Rob Liefeld's a nice guy. I actually I know he is, and that's what really that's what really hurts me about being this mean and catty, um, and it does hurt me. Um, Savage Hawkman, Deathstroke the Terminator, and wait, now I remember. Oh, Grifter. He was writing and Grifter, drawing Grifter, yes. a character who I enjoy, and a relaunch that I did. I was enjoying, and then I, and then I just got busy. I'm so behind on the comics no, that, I, it, it, that I purposely it want nowhere. to buy. Okay, I, I thought it was great. Then at I the stopped at exactly the right time. You stopped probably an issue before I did. Uh, I or, think number or, three was the last one I read. Oh no, I went much further than you did. I went oh. through like eight or so, and it, it just because yeah. we have Flash Gordon syndrome. This yeah. is the problem. We are willing to go several episodes too long. <laughs> we think that someday, someday start it will get better. Nicely. Sam J. Jones will make a cameo. Thank you, Seth MacFarlane. Okay, anyway, uh, so, uh, yeah, so he's doing that. But he left uh, in a huff. I mean, this is a pretty big huff. You know, DC's been having this trouble. Now, to those who are enjoying the books, God love you. God bless you. Continue doing so. I enjoy enjoy some. But I I do get troubled. George Perez, one of the absolute giants Mm -hmm. of the industry, um, a proven talent, and that's the other thing is I want to say, this is a guy who deserves better respect than he got, saying it was too difficult to work on Superman. Just too difficult to write, too much editorial interference, too many last-minute changes and confusion. No one, no one seems right. to be steering the boat. Rob Liefeld, infamous for not steering the boat, complaining that no one's steering the boat. <laughs> I mean, you know, he is a fan favorite, and I understand that, and he probably is a really nice guy. He always seems, i got to say this, at a convention you see him, he is absolutely friendly, always has a smile, will will smile in the face of anybody, any criticism, and I know people must go up, and you know, because as a, as a whole, fans, we're jerks, will go up and say, you know, we hate you. Um we don't. We don't. I no. I don't. Um, but and I would like to have a conversation with him sometime. Except we I, almost did at Comic. We almost did, but I just feel bad because I he has yet to do something that I really enjoy. So I'd feel hypocritical. You know, but I'm sure he is a nice guy. Just interview him. Don't interview him about stuff. Right. Okay. And say, oh my God, uh, what do you I do were, on your what's, off hours? What's in your refrigerator right now? Um, <laughs> what kind of pencil do you what's use your to draw? Shoe with? Size? What do you use on your hair? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. You're, you've got such a shiny, sleek coat. Um, so he quit. Uh, and How long have you been in the industry? And he <laughs> and he said he's got the emails. So they can spin what they want, um, but he knows what's really happened. And he says it's just it's just too confusing. It's too difficult to work there, and that's too. Too bad to hear. And then one of the, the uh, complaints that he paraphrased from DC Editorial is that they felt that they had hired a lot of indie creators. Why? Because they wanted to get some juice from original creative voices, uh, and then these people don't take direction well. Uh, that was the that was the criticism of the people that, that was, they had hired. Right. People like Jeff Lemire, who's doing a fantastic job on Animal Man, and Scott Snyder. Uh, 
or first vice versa. Jeff Lemire's on Swamp Thing, and and Scott Snyder's on Animal Man. Have a reverse Scott it again. Snyder's also on Batman, and Scott Snyder's also on Batman. Um, you know, some of those experiments are working really well. Some of the independent guys are great, and some maybe not so much. But I I will go with there's probably a lot of editorial interference. Yeah, but arguably, Animal Man and Swamp Thing are being steered very well. Those, yes, the, way the two are, guys are working are together, and so far that yeah. really isn't touching the rest of the DC universe. And I suspect that might be part of you got to feel why it's working. Perez because he doesn't know what's going on in the past history. Of well, the it was difficult. Yeah. Nobody was ta- nobody was interfering with Grant Morrison as no one should. Yeah. Um, but Grant Morrison's talking about the character five years in the past, and then and then George Perez has to respond to continuity that has not yet been established five years in the past. Yeah, so that is difficult. But I think that one of the mistakes DC made was they were trying to carry over too much of the Wildstorm inter- universe. Because mm-hmm. the Damonite story got told in the Wildstorm. They finished that story. They mm-hmm. finished the war. So why and reboot everything? Why reboot everything with, with characters that don't necessarily work? I mean, they made the Hellstrom really badass. I mean, he went toe-to-toe with Hellspont. Super- Hellspont. He went toe-to-toe with Superman. I mean, he gave Superman a tremendous difficult time yeah but that stuff didn't carry over in grifter and voodoo uh-huh. and it was just kind of like well, oh they're seeing spooks no one else sees they're yeah. kind of wacky they're misunderstood they're on the run i'm tired of that storyline well i you know and i think one of the things with the new 52 is they're doing what uh, by building a universe that big all at once mm-hmm. rebuilding is you're making the mistake that often is a mistake i should say for superhero movies is you are blowing your wad in the first year, if I can use that phrase. I mean, they are just totally yeah. taking everything that worked or everything they thought was cool about the old continuity, which took decades to build, mm-hmm. uh, is all that's got to be retold in a year. And it's just too much. And, you know, they're not, I'm sorry, they're not calling it the new 52 anymore, thank heavens, because it's not new. They're just calling it the 52. But it is, uh, it is a little confusing. And one of the things that was also rocking today and totally diverted uh, everyone's attention from the crisis in, in pol- politics uh, is that Superman and Wonder Woman are going to be revealed to be together as a couple. At least we've seen a cover where they're embracing but he's got the uh, lasso around him, too. He, oh. So maybe he's being influenced. Oh. Maybe I'm just overreacting. Maybe, maybe everybody's everyone, over. Maybe they released that so everyone would overreact. Yeah. Dan DiDio is a pawn of the Republican Party. <laughs> but I'm with you. I mean, I think, I think it's much more interesting to have Wonder Woman and Batman have a relationship. Absolutely. Than, I mean, and I would say, of, of all the remarks that I have made in the past, oh, Five months on Facebook. Commenting about that uh, has caused more people to respond and weigh in <laughs> about their inexpert opinions uh, or expert opinions on Wonder Woman and Batman. It's just like funny. It's like we're so desperate to be able to talk about something nerdy and, and non-meaningful that, um, yeah, it's just like that conversation has been going on all day yeah. long. And response is hilarious. I love that because people yeah. care. Don't care about about the future of the country. But no. Superman and Wonder Woman, they'd better not get it on. Um, or they better. Or because they better. it makes perfect sense. It does not. I really hate that aspect of the Dark Knight Strikes Again. Yeah. And I just think, no, it's going to be Batman. And that was established back in the Haneyverse. Cardiangelo knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. Wasn't it also in Kingdom Come? Uh, that's Superman and Wonder Woman together at the, yeah. end, at the end of that. And Batman becomes the godfather of the, ch- of the child. <coughs> right. 
So in the special edition, yes. Mm. Uh, so bothered by that. Uh, sorry. And uh, other people leaving. Blue Water Press uh, is leaving Diamond uh, because uh, they're the ones that do the uh, biographical yeah, comics. Yeah, about and, Sam Palin and, and the Jenner. and the um, Batman sixty six sub universe of the misadventures of Adam West, uh, Burt Ward, Boy Wonder, and the adventures of Julie Newmar are coming as well, um, which are like funny titles and pretty good covers. And that's it. Crappy insides. So coinciding with their decision to leave Diamond was uh, was actually predicated by Diamond's deciding to cancel several of their titles and not carry them because <laughs> the orders weren't strong enough. But they're going to a company that I'm going to have to explore a little further. When you, and I just got the email today, so I didn't get a chance to really research Comic Flea Market. Have you guys heard of this one as an Never alternative heard distributor? Not I heard all. of it today when uh, I saw the story that Blue Water was leaving Diamond. Okay, so there you go. Yes, Comic <laughs> Flea Market. What was that story, Nate? <laughs> and they're Something saying about Blue Water leaving, leaving Diamond. Diamond? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and so they are. They are saying not only will they distribute digitally, but they are still distributing to comic book shops and printing. So I've just never heard of them as a as a hard copy distributor or as a digital either. Hmm. Um, but it's interesting. Again, there's that digital again. You know, yeah. you look at SLG with uh, iMelt long ago being pioneer, and he was right. You know, Dan Vito was right about that, and here it is. It's more and more happening. And for a book like that, I you know I might have enjoyed the misadventures of Adam West a lot better if it had been ninety nine cents. Yeah, maybe. You would have felt less bad about buying. That's true. And, you know, these days I just want to feel a little less bit bad. less bad. <laughs> How did you like the uh, Lady Gaga? I did not read the Lady mm. Gaga. I'm interested. Thank in you, Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize you were guesting tonight, but I'm so grateful to see you because I love your work. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, and that's, uh, thank you, that's part of our latest uh, ongoing segment, Nate's Bad Impersonations. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, you mentioned that uh, to me that Courtney Crumrin was getting a really nice uh, collection from hardbound uh, first edition Courtney Crumrin the Night Creatures and the night, is, it's the Night Things Night Things and uh, I can't remember I, I didn't write down the, the price but it looks like it's a reasonably priced book and this is a series we recommended and over and, over. and will continue to Courtney Crumrin by Ted Nafee uh, is a great great uh, series and I recommend that to anybody who has a a tween girl who loves Harry Potter, as they do, loves yep. the Hunger Games. Courtney Crumman is is a fantastic, uh, fantastic character, fantastic title. Uh, I mean, can be enjoyed by all ages and and all genders. But uh, definitely for the that listener we have in London who was looking to get his daughter in, I want to again reiterate yep. Courtney Crumman and the Night Things. So watch for that. Put an order in ahead of time. One the- where. Totally going to watch for. I was going to say that that is, I think, the first collection that they've done. They've done a couple of thick, square-bound first printing. No, stories. there have been there have been trade paperbacks of it. I, I originally encountered the Night Things as a little as a small, oh, a digest, small of, digest size. So one. this so is the first time it's, page it's size. getting the respect it deserves. Yes, yes. Mm. this is like the absolute, first. the absolute Courtney Crumrin, and I will actually, I think, I will purchase that. Yeah, although I, I have, I discovered something last night. Because a year and a half ago for Christmas, you gave me something that I wanted very, very badly. Yes. Respect. But after that, you gave me the Dark Horse edition of Milk and Cheese, the Ultimate Milk and Cheese collection. I was so thrilled. So I've had it kind of in a stack of books, 
and I went to put it on the shelf last night, finally, like clean out my bookshelf so that I could organize and get all my nice hardbacks together. It's it's like an eighth of an inch taller than any of my bookshelves. <laughs> any of them. I was like, no, I'll start a whole new shelf. I've, <laughs> you see the shelves over there. I've yeah. so been there. There's, there's some books... <laughs> Some books that just have to go sideways across the People, top of other ones. Publishers, will you please go to Ikea or... Uh, you, Bring it here. We'll, we'll take a plane to it and we'll <laughs> shave off a quarter. Well, I was so like, no! Um, <laughs> so, that was just a shame. I, I, it is. I Now, my original slave labor graphic trade paperback of Milk and Cheese, That's Fun with Milk and Cheese, still fits. But I was excited to put the Ultimate Edition next to it. And, Dan, I was not going to sell my trade paperback because I love having that. But uh, one of the many collections reprints of the same material I bought over and over again. Mm. Um, so please sell it digitally. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> and now I'm just bummed. Like, okay, I got to get a new bookshelf. doesn't fit on the bookshelf. I got to get a new bookshelf. <laughs> or get one where the top shelf has no top. Oh, right, but you know what's there? My statues. Oh, you gotta, yeah, I uh, got to. I've got my... Uh, at Superman the Animated Series maquette, mm-hmm. which absolutely needs to be in a Those place. Those go up of, on top of the bookshelf above the... Well, that's where the maquette is, is on top uh, of on, the bookshelf. It's on top of the bookshelf, not the And top right shelf. next to that are my Oswald the Lucky Rabbit ears from uh, Comic-Con uh, this year, signed mm-hmm. by game director Warren Spector. Nice. Okay. Um, yes. That's, Speaking of price... As I'm building my own little macaw cave... Um, uh, speaking of, are we talking the same thing? Saga. I think so. Yeah, oh, we are. About. Oh, Brian K. Vaughn, you magnificent bastard. He can do no I wrong. Lo- he cannot, except he did work on Lost. Uh, so, but that wasn't his fault. <laughs> um, I, we have touted and will tout again. And I and I told Rick today, I'm like, I want to do like a summative article on this review of the first six issues of Saga, a book that both defies description. Or it's just any description you give it is inadequate to why it's cool. He has finished his first story arc of six issues with beautifully art, finished art by the fantastic Fiona Staples. Great artist. Great sixth issue. Great sixth issue. Everything is wonderful. Nice bookend. I still cannot tell you what's really going on in this story, <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. And I, I'm not taking any mood or mind-altering substances while reading it. Best scene when he breaks his sword... On the planet. No and spoilers. They, spoilers because we wanted to do no, something. No, yeah. no, and they go inside the rocket. And she says, you still have your, your, your ray gun, right? Don't you? yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, just every every issue, at least one new concept that's, that, I, that makes me mad because, like, you are throwing away one concept in the service of this larger story that could have been a full story in itself. <laughs> I hate you. It's like when Neil Gaiman had that issue with the Sandman where the guy was cursed with too many ideas and he just spouts off. It's like, oh, Neil Gaiman's so creative he can have afford to have in one panel a guy throw away six fantastic story ideas. You suck. And Brian K. Vaughan is kind of like, it's not. We love you. Um, it's it's great. And yeah. uh, so anyway, he's taking a two-month break to catch up. And I love that. I, you know, yeah. Again, do it. Get the arc done. Give me a break. Um, and, and, then go, and then go on. So the trade paperback is going to be released by Image in late October. 
Yeah, that's is, when issue is, seven comes is, out. Is what, uh, is what he says in the letters column in, mm-hmm. in Saga. And the price, and now is it ten ninety nine or nine ninety nine? Do you remember? I don't. They I just, just said $10. $10. So okay. $10. $10. This is... Buy that. This is... This is a no-brainer. This is graphic crack. Um, the, and it's cheap. 10 bucks. Considering that I spent... And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I have not begrudged a dime that I've spent on that book. Because every issue that's been... That has been the book that's like, this is the best value for my money. Three bucks an issue. Yeah. So six. That's 18 $8 cheaper, you get a trade paperback with, I'm sure, all kinds of supplemental material. Maybe not, but even if there isn't. That even if there isn't, you've got an incredible keep, at story. At that price, they've got to keep the page count down. You've got an incredible story. And so if you have not picked up Saga, and I know that the first issue was kind of hard to come by after yeah. it exploded. Speaking of the first issue, Derek, you're welcome. Because I got you to get that. Dang it. You are right. I have to. I wish I had listened to Not you. even begrudgingly. <laughs> Mine's a third printing. <laughs> oh, I'm not even begrudging. I, and, and I lucked out. I was on vacation somewhere. And as, as I want to do, when I saw there was a comic book shop, it was kind of out of the way. Nobody, you know, uh, uh, Santa Rosa. I went to Santa Rosa for a weekend. And there was a comic shop. like I was the only person in there. And they just had a big old stack on display of first printings. And I went, Really? Like the one that everybody else is sold out of? Really? Well, I shall buy that, sir. Uh, so <laughs> because Nate Costa tells me to, I wake up in the middle of the night and I hear his voice saying, Read Saga. So uh, I did, and it's fantastic. So thank you, Nate Costa. Yeah, you're welcome. Yes. Uh, so uh, really excited about that. Shall we move to movies? Because there's one I'm really excited about that has an announcement. Which is a movie I have been dying to, and honestly, in a year Avengers with two already announcements. No. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention that. But I'm going to say first is that today the movie that I really actually was the most excited for in, in 2012, because I have this indie mind and I read the novel and the novel and I reviewed the novel. I think um, was hilarious. John Expendables two was a book. Oh yeah, you did. John dies at the, the end. end. Oh. Uh, by David Wong, who yep. is not his real name, but by, he's the, actually the editor-in-chief of Cracked.com, which, oh, by the way, nice. speaking of the Internet, Crack, Cracked.com, I can waste. If I have not gone on to Cracked.com, which is because, you know what, I could totally take a pass on the magazine when I was a kid. You know, it was, it was, <laughs> like, it was like the dumber, younger brother of, of Mad. Mad. It is not. I preferred cracked over Mad. The online, the Sylvester J something. I can't remember but, what his what their their janitor yeah, mascot was, but um, it had great art by John Severin. But that's neither here nor there because cracked dot com bears no resemblance other than the logo. It started as an online revival of the humor magazine, and then it has become its own entity. And I they're can, more like the Onion now. I get. But, except it's truthful. Yeah. You know, I, mean. I get bogged down in just reading it and going, no, I really don't have to. That's an hour later. And <laughs> I really had stuff to do. But, man, I feel so f- packed full of factoids. The Zorlac has been restored. Yes. Um, but maybe with an occasional useful fact. Thank you, Crack.com. Huh. And thank you, David Wong, for writing uh, a novel that I just cracked up. And I have lo- I have given copies to people I have loaned it out. I it's one of those. It's just like I need to get another copy so I can have another loaner copy. Did they, cover, did they carry the cover graphics over from the hardback to the? Paper yes, paper? they did. Because uh, that's a great book. And the too. sequel is coming out this fall. It's called "This Book Is Full of Spiders," <laughs> <laughs> which I'm giving to Michael Goodson as a gift immediately. <laughs> I'm not even going to wrap it. I'm just going to say here. <laughs> Michael doesn't like spiders. No, Michael does not like spiders. 
I've told you that. Best uh, <laughs> best practical joke I've ever played. Making him go to the Lord of the Rings trilogy each year. Oh, that's right. A three-year practical joke. He hates spiders, Will not read. did not read Lord of the Rings. And in the two hours at the screening, when, when Gollum says, she'll take care of them, he turns to me and goes, she... Who's she? I said, I don't really remember. And then a year <laughs> later, we go to Return of the King. <laughs> and he turns to me two minutes before. And they go, yes. And he calls something about she again. And he turns to me and he goes, you bastard. She's a giant spider, isn't she? <laughs> and I giggled all through what was supposed to be a scary scene involving spider because he refused to look at the screen he turned to look at me and the movie was reflected in my glasses <laughs> and he screamed because <laughs> he could still see the spider in my eyes anyway back to john dies at the end has got a distributor magnet releasing so it will be released in december oh, domestically this finally year. this year excellent don coscarelli the writer director of the phantasm series and bubba hotep uh, is the writer-director adapting this. And I interviewed Don Coscarelli when he first bought the rights and uh, interviewed David Wong about the book. And it is just, if if Douglas Adams had lived and decided he was bored and wanted to write horror, that's what John Dies at the End would be. And I'm hoping the movie... Is it still movie... published by Permuted? Uh, I think so. I think yeah. so. So they're, they're like the big zombie press. I'm hoping that it just carries that the tone carries over, and I think it will. Don yeah. Coscarelli had a real feel for it, and uh, Paul Giamatti is uh, is probably the biggest name in John Dies at the it's End. Big so enough. It's big enough. A good yeah. actor, a good uh, with a sen- with a sensibility, and uh, Chase. Oh, I can't remember what Chase's last name is, except uh, the guy who who's playing the lead, the narrator, David Wong. Uh, is also uh, the lead in Sparks, the film adaptation oh. of the graphic novel I edited a few years ago from Catastrophic Comics. So that's not why I'm excited about John Dies at the End. Legitimately, I just think it's a hilarious novel. I'm so looking forward to this looking movie. Looking forward to it. Uh, so, uh, but then we mentioned another friend of Fanboy Planet. And this is the, I, I mean, I said it to my kids. I was so stunned on Saturday. I turned to my children and announced this news. They were unfazed, except the question was, who are the Guardians of the Galaxy? Because I realized they have no idea. Uh, But James Gunn, who is the writer-director of uh, Splinter, the writer of Dawn of the Dead, the remake, the writer of the Scooby-Doo live-action films, and the writer-director of Super from last year, great independent movie about superheroes. When we met first 12 years ago when he wrote a movie called The Specials, a superhero team film with... uh, Thomas Hayden Church and Rob Lowe, which I finally watched last year. And did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's a really good movie. A yeah. uh, really good mockumentary about the seventh most popular superhero team. And uh, <laughs> it's, have you seen it? No. Oh, it is a great. Not. It is a great movie. Uh, anyway, he. he uh, I was out with the kids all day, and I went out into Facebook about 4 o'clock, and there's a posting from James Gunn saying, uh, I haven't been on the Internet all day. Have the fan sites uh, gotten excited about anything? And that was his way of saying... Uh, Marvel has announced that he is the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. And so very excited uh, about that great choice, which means I'm betting on Nathan Fillion as Star-Lord. I think uh, that's a great choice. I think that would be a, be a fantastic because – and here's and it's, and it's a great choice as director because – and if you make the Nathan Fillion connection, Nathan Fillion is good friends with uh, – is, is like a repertory player for both James Gunn and Joss Whedon. It's a perfect connection, which means – 
Gunn and Whedon will probably work together very well. Oh, yeah. Well, Whedon's kind of like the And now he's the architect. He's, he's become, yeah. They haven't officially said that because Bendis' pump is still back there, you know, pushing buttons. Yeah. But, uh, and, and Kevin Feige. But it's still, you know, Whedon is one of the major architects of the Marvel multimedia presence. And James Gunn would be a perfect, perfect addition to that. To, the, to that architecture and you know the other thing to give people you know senses that guy James started out as uh, with Troma he was uh, the his first screenplay was Tromeo and Juliet he worked for Lloyd Kaufman as kind of like the right hand man and that's you know I mean that's a guy for those uh, the most popular film of theirs is uh, Toxic, Toxic Avenger, Avenger which is being remade movie. yeah which is being remade yeah not necessary it, no, Probably not just at all. but actually, Toxic Avenger has been redone as a musical, stage musical. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it, yeah. But I mean, it, it's just saying it's like you know, this is a guy with absolutely the great, the right balance of the right kind of twisted, yeah, uh, with a really strong moral sense. I mean, I say that honestly, having talked to him several times, and and being grateful that I can walk into a room and he will actually look up and say, oh. You know, and say he knows me. And so, proven ability to work within a budget. Yeah. That's my biggest, uh, you know. That was, I mean, my two biggest thrills in the early days of Fanboy Planet were two phone calls. One, which was, hey, Derek, James Gunn here. Like, you know, like, what? How did you get my number? And the other one was, uh, it was. I'm sorry, you're going to hate me for this, but the first time Jeff Loeb called me, was like, what? Why are you calling me? Um, you know, so it was. I just wanted to let you know I'm going to ruin everything. The Incredible Hulk in a few years. <laughs> It's part oh, of uh, what is he going to ruin now? There's something else he's going to ruin. Um, a plus X. No, 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 no. He and uh, he and Ed McGinnis are going to do a new title that's going. Oh, well, I think it might be Guardians I think of the, the Galaxy. latest issues of A plus X have gotten really good. No, Avengers versus X Men. Yeah, a oh, plus, a plus X. A plus sorry, X sorry, sorry, is sorry. After where yes, Dale yes, Keown right. is on art. Oh, okay. And that is why I will buy it. Despite oh, okay. As hard as Jeff Loeb tries. Can we diverge really quickly for a second? Yeah, my my earphones are going okay. out. Um, did you read the uh, Kung Lum Chaos Fist episode? No. <sighs> Is that Avengers vs. X-Men? Yeah. No. I'm two issues behind on okay. that. We've got, uh, we've got to talk about that. I, it's it's getting really good. I think okay. That, uh, we'll, next next, next okay. week, get caught Maybe up. I'll try we'll to catch up it. a little bit. Um, great. Uh, so that's the big, uh, there's big news. Solomon Kane, a film that, um, how many years ago did we interview James Perry? It was at least three years ago. Uh, for Solomon Kane is coming to video on demand this Friday. Oh. And then it's going to be released theatrically at the end of September. So it's finally oh, getting really? a domestic release. Okay. And this is the new video, this is the new paradigm is they've been trying that through Comcast and whoever else offers VOD is to see if people will sit home and watch. And there was an article. Actually, I, I saw... Uh, import of that or yeah i know you i know you have seen it yeah and it's actually a, a, a really pretty good um for for a low budget thing made in romania i mean it's one of the better uh, sword and sorcery uh films i mean they, they which i know if people listening that's kind of a specious recommendation sword and sorcery has always been a hard sell i mean i just yeah. don't know what Besides Conan the Barbarian, I don't know what sword and sorcery film actually oh, has got done Cull, well. Uh, the uh, Krull? Krull, no Cull. They did it. I know, Cull. but that didn't do well. Um, but yes. it was good, as what Rick the said. Kevin Sorbo called the Conqueror. The Kevin Sorbo played was supposed to be Conan, but he didn't want to be Conan, so they changed it to Cull really quickly. Conan was excellent. What's the one with the, the sword? The, the sword that uh, that the sword and the stone. The sword and no, the sorcerer. Sword and the sorcerer. Yeah. And, of course, who can forget 
The Beastmaster. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Singer. Uh, Masters of the Universe. Don't forget that one. Uh, not really sword uh, and sorcery. Uh, anyway, uh, so, yeah, that's uh, look forward to that Have we talked one. about Masters of the Universe yet? The comic. The fact that it switched over to Keith Giffen after one issue? Yes. No, we did not talk about that. You want to backtrack a little bit? We can. Just for a second. The only reason I was reading that book was for James Robinson. James Robinson. Yeah. No explanation whatsoever as to why he's gone, just that Keith Giffen was asked to do it. And I'm assuming they're completely changing what the story is because it was only supposed to be six issues, and now Keith Giffen's saying it might be an ongoing. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know anything other than I read the first issue. It was better than I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. even though it was kind of a... And why did you tactic? read the first issue? Because James, because James Robinson wrote it. He's my bro. Yeah. I had a, I had a brief is afternoon Shade, bromance Is Shade supposed to end after 12 episodes? Uh, I, and, it, and it very clearly is building towards that. It'll take a hiatus, oh, is what, hiatus. if you recall, he had, he had told us that. And he's doing Earth 2. Yes. But anything else? Uh, yeah, he's doing a creator-owned book with Image. I can't remember okay. what the title is yes. offhand, but is I know he title? is. I don't know. Uh, but I'll be buying it. Um, yeah, absolutely. And uh, a film that opened this weekend, this past weekend, that ties into our our usual themes. Uh, Paranorman, the stop-motion oh, and you uh, saw animated that. film. I did see that, as did Jason Salazar. Mm. And apparently he was so tickled he actually said something positive. What? You, this is, yeah. This is the you, disturbing trend. Do you remember when the sun stopped in the sky on Saturday yeah, night? Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. That was Salazar saying, oh, I've enjoyed something. Uh, so... Uh, and I did too. I enjoyed Paranorman. Uh, I don't know that it was necessarily it was necessary to see it in 3D, but I enjoyed seeing it. That you know, I do like that on animated films, which is weird. It was a comment from my daughter. She said, "I don't think live action should be in 3D because aren't we already in 3D?" Mm. But cartoons, I like it. Your daughter's very insightful. Yeah, it was an interesting insight. I thought I can't defend that. I can't argue <laughs> against that. You're right. You know, aren't we already 3D? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. 3D is. She's yeah. not going to be impressed until we're in 4D. No, and that's going to happen. <laughs> um, so uh, I, it was a great. It it did a great tribute. I thought you know for in jokes that um, the children watching this film are not going to get. Like really starts off with a throwback to like creature features and 60s and 70s bad AIP films as far as the title and yeah. and it's like well, they have, some kids have had exposure to that through like Mystery Science Theater well yeah some kids have had bad parents um, yeah. so uh, that's uh, that was another conversation we had um, that's other people's parents that's not me I'm a responsible nerd indeed uh, and you know so anyway uh, yeah and it, was, it, it like it even in the first three minutes makes fun of the bad acting I mean of those kinds of movies I'm like what you know it's so meta commentary, but not, and yet you know, it, it doesn't take you out of it. It was like, oh, they kind of set up this really believable, weird zombie movie within a movie in in an animated kids film. That's really funny, you know. It was it was really, uh, really well done. Interesting character design and an interesting take on a story, and went in kind of deep and unexpected directions. So, uh, really, really thought that was as fun as I had hoped it would be. Recommended. Recommended. Worth full price. Yes. Good. Yes. It's a Frankenstein movie, right? The kids like a Frankenstein. No, that's no, that's the other one. Thanks. Oh, the dog one. Frankenweenie. Okay. Yes. What's uh, Paranorman then? 
Paranorman is the kid who can see ghosts. Oh, okay. he can, but the he funny talks Sixth Sense dead. cartoon. It's just, yeah, but in in the way that kind of like they and they establish in the first few minutes, you know, like the family is frustrated because he still talks to grandma even though grandma passed away, mm-hmm. um, and she's there. Elaine Stritch is a great grandma, um, and then they kind of they show his like uh, the walk to school. One of those things which I don't think Sixth Sense did as well, but there was a movie um, uh, with Kevin Bacon. Uh oh shoot. The one where they killed themselves on purpose? No, no, that was that happening. No, uh no, no that was with Kevin was Bacon where he um uh, where he was hypnotized by his sister in law and could suddenly speak to the dead and there was a murder in the house that he'd moved into. So he was seeing the ghosts. Oh, doggone it, doggone it. Okay. Kevin Bacon's in too many movies. No, yeah. it was a great it's one, one it, it really is a reaching for the computer. It really <laughs> is a good uh good horror film. But Animal it did, House? No. No, it did a really good job. Close. But parent, no. Paranorman did a good job of showing like like how weird it really is from the perspective of the kid who's afflicted with this. Hmm. They show him walking down the street talking to empty air. Like he can tell, the, but it's sometimes hard for him to tell the difference between the ghosts and the That's living. And then it goes to his perspective and how many, uh, you know, and then like he stops to pet a raccoon in the street and everybody's seeing it as run over by a truck, but he's like, you know, a foot in the air going, Hey, good boy. And it's like, that's a pretty gross joke, but well done. You know, I mean, it's just, it's clever and it's, and it's got some subtle things like that. And, uh, but that is a little edgy to have a run over raccoon. Yeah. In a kid's movie. With a uh, tongue out. And the- <laughs> I'm just like, that's pretty funny. But all the other ghosts that is like, wow, this town has been afflicted with the strangest accidents. Like, you know, but, it, it, it's uh, it, it was fun. It was really, really uh, a good a good story and uh, a telling record. Now, if dinner. there are any kids listening, you, sh- you should not approach raccoons, whether they're dead or alive. That's no, true. that's true. Unless no matter it's rocket how raccoon, they look. If it speaks with a Liverpoolian accent and is wearing clothes, no, then you should run. You don't want to get shot by because, one of his giant because guns. Thanos is coming. <laughs> run, run. Uh, so. Shall we speak? Uh, it's, I feel like we're zombie themed tonight, um, but I'm going to go to Doctor Who first uh, for television. Talking about the BBC has been messing with my head. Uh, first, waiting <laughs> to the last possible minute to announce when they were going to show you. the next. I feel that way. Uh, when they were going to start the next season of Doctor Who, then they said, mm, "Well, August 25th. If you live in New York and have enough money, you can buy a ticket to see our special screening." Mm. So, three hundred people get to do that. Really, two hundred because a hundred people are celebrities who got in on the guest list, right? Um, and Chris Hardwick. Uh, so, but I love you. And uh, then, then they said, "Chris I'll- Hardwick, please don't listen to this." <laughs> I doubt that he does. I guarantee he does. Really? We interviewed him. He's a friend of the program. Really? Okay, nice. Anyway, September 8th uh, was when BBC announced yesterday they were going to show the season premiere of Doctor Who. And then today went, psych, September 1st. Uh, so, so all your plans, all your Evites, you've got to recall. I know, we've got to totally reschedule the Doctor right. Who viewing party. All it does, but if you're a real Whovian, my special order of jelly want, babies will no, arrive too late. No, no, no. If you're a real Whovian, you don't want a lot of people around while that happens. You want to be alone. Enjoy it. Maybe. Savor every moment, every line. You don't want Chris Garcia next to you going, <laughs> uh, so, you know, and everything. Um, so, uh, September 1st, I'm ready. Yep. The day after the zombie Rama. So, do the zombie walk, 
watch Shaun of the Dead. Get some rest. Get some rest. And then watch Doctor Who on Saturday. The first episode September is 1st. the space, dinosaurs on a spaceship. No, it's, it's uh, oh, Asylum it's the of the Daleks. Asylum of the Daleks. Asylum of the Daleks. Dinosaurs on a spaceship are later in the season. Yes. Um, and that alone should make you want to watch because there's dinosaurs on a, on a spaceship. spaceship. Don't you shake your head at me. You that do. alone doesn't make me want to oh, watch Oh, Nathan, you are so wrong. I watched um, the beginning of an episode. I don't know well, how Oh, that one sucked. sucked. Well, you it's should watch start. one we yeah. tell you. Yeah. Yeah. What? But, uh, we don't know yet. Tell us which one. Uh, <laughs> one where the new doctor comes out and, like, merry old England or whatever, and an older doctor's there, and this lady's screaming, like, doctor, doctor, and he, the new guy runs over there. Then the old guy comes that out of nowhere and they chase this dog face thing up a wall. It's a Christmas special. That was a Christmas special. That was the, that's already an old doctor. Yes, that okay. was called the the called the next doctor. I believe was the episode. I believe so. Yes, and you saw the beginning. Yeah, part of the fun. And of so that. you were left sort of at at sea because uh, you did not understand what was going on and why that was such a great no. fake out to fans of the show. No, no, it wasn't the fake out that was bothering me. It was the fact that it looks like an episode of Sesame Street. You mean the the monster, the cyber, the mat. way that it's, or the cyber shade is what they call yeah. it. Not just the monster, the dog. No, we have thing. to set you up to watch Blink. You need yes. to watch Blink. You need to watch Blink. All right. That will do it. It just doesn't look that. Like oh, oddly enough, Blink. It's not really a Doctor Who episode. No, I know, but still, but still, you'll enjoy. It. You'll see the power of All what right. that show can do. Okay. Okay. Um, and because you know, I'm willing to you know shamble around downtown as a zombie. You should <laughs> yeah. freaking have to make sacrifices. Blink. Little trades, trade offs here. Uh, and you guys pointed out, I had no idea there's a, a Walking Dead social media game. Oh yeah. How have I not heard about because this? Because you don't like Facebook? zombies. I don't. <laughs> if a zombie f- tries to friend me, I decline the invitation. Uh, so go ahead. Well, we were supposed to like the page. Right. So, so yeah. you liked the page, and you are on a Walking Dead social media game on... Well, we right. were trying to decide at dinner time if it's still in beta or not. And I think you may be right. I think it may still actually be in beta. Well, what do you think? It's okay. I prefer... I mean, I play the Marvel Avengers Alliance game daily, at the very least, to send my guys out on a mission so I can earn some coinage. Uh, the Walking Dead game, I've gone a couple days without playing, and I don't feel like I really want to play Walking Dead. It's good, but one of the problems which I mentioned to you, Rick, was the lack of stamina. Yeah. Because you can only do a certain amount. Of, I mean, obviously, they want you to pay to buy more stamina to play some more. Which is a resource mechanism for them to generate money. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In all these games. But... You can do basically one mission, and then you're out of stamina. Okay. Or well, one should, and a half missions. We should talk a little bit about The game itself is kind of a fixed uh, angle view on mm-hmm. this kind of semi-cartoonish landscape with the char- recognizable characters from the series. A few recognizable characters, a few characters that are just made up. and Kind of hanging you. out at a camp. Yeah. And you walk up to people and get... So like a Boy Scout jamboree gone horribly wrong? Yes. Well, there's tents. But you'll walk up to somebody and they'll say, we need more water at the camp. 
and then you're you're on a mission. You, then you're on a mission, and you may actually you may have to walk out of the camp, or you may be transported someplace. That's one mm-hmm. of the things that bothers me about it. Yeah. Every now and then you go, you're like now in the area that has bottles of water around, and you have to find find your path to get to the bottles. But they're also zombies, and when the zombie gets within striking distance, a crosshair will will go horizontally across you and the okay. zombie. Okay. And you have to click. On the cross where heroin is right in the center. Now, the bad thing about this, maybe you noticed this, is that right about the time you encounter the zombie, right about the time you're getting ready to target that thing, Mm -hmm. the whole screen shifts to put that in the center of the screen instead of where the zombie was. Mm -hmm. And so it makes it that much more weirder to try and click on that. Well, do you actually have to click on the crosshair or do you just click when the crosshair is on the zombie's head i thought you clicked on the crosshair but I maybe i'm making it more anywhere. difficult than I it i think you're making be. it more difficult i'm a gamer <laughs> i'm not used to these <laughs> social games you guys you kids yeah. are playing these days i'm pretty sure you can just click okay so but still so it wouldn't be the first time i'd made a game harder <laughs> than it needed to be tell me about it but the uh <laughs> but you're basically going on these these don't play shoots and ladder with rick you have to. <laughs> you survived, which was I did. Remarkable. But that was a, that was a long fall. That was a long fall. Um, the the idea that you go out for, to get resources and you come you come back and you you and then you're spent. Yeah, and then you, but you're you're looking at your <laughs> stamina like thing up there, and you you occasionally start off with extra cans of like Red Bull or something mm-hmm. to give you more stamina until you run out. And then, then it's time to say, I'm not going to play this anymore, or I'm going to spend a dollar and buy a bunch more stamina, mm-hmm. right? Which I've never spent any money on no. any of these things. Um, so it's it's okay. I mean, some of the tasks are literally what you're saying, like get water, find a tent. Kill some zombies. It's like, I just want to go out and kill zombies. Yeah. And then when you do go out, there may be one or two or three zombies. And There's you're not... in a real limited space, too. You can't just go off, yeah. hey, I'm going to run over that hill. Well, that, and it's kind of like, what is it, World of Warcraft, where you only see a certain amount of space, and you walk over here, and it kind of, it's dark around you, and when you walk over somewhere else, it becomes light? That's just Warcraft. That's Warcraft? Yeah, the original okay. Warcraft is kind of like that. So it's kind of like that kind of game, where you're you are in a spotlighted area, and you can see around the edges of the screen, but it's darkened, they call so it as you, fog of war. Okay. Yeah. As you walk closer to those areas, you can see what's going on, and you can build up your own stats to be able to walk farther, see farther, etc. But it just takes so long. It's like, okay, I'm walking six steps, and you have to keep clicking and clicking and clicking to go over to. And you can you can brain the choose zombie. to go in in a beginner mode, or you can switch oh, yeah. to advanced mode, which makes things harder. Expert is. And very I was expecting difficult. the payoffs to be better in advanced mode. All I realize is it's just harder. It's yeah, the, the crosshairs move faster is all that happens, yeah. and you don't do a better kill. You don't you know get anything special. It's just you hit the zombie in the head and it falls on the ground. You know, it's, I'd still rather play this than Farmville. Oh, absolutely. Although I would like a Farmville where there were zombies in it trying to attack. Zombieville? Zombieville. Let's delete this from the podcast. (laughs) We're going to create our own game. I I want to incorporate the the farming part of it with zombies well, attacking sure. the farm. Well, sure. Zombieville, we can just and every now and then I have to I have to I have to I have to burn my own barn down. I have to lead the zombies. No, in I, and burn I, my I, barn I, down. I get the concept. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm 
I think so it's a winter concept. The Farmville guys are like billionaires now. We Zinga, seriously no, Zinga's, take this Zinga's out. Stock has gone, <laughs> Zinga's stock Nate, has gone way down. Nate can move to Los Angeles. I could move to Lo- No, no. I, I don't okay. reveal anything yet. I will take only 30%. That's fine. Um, I want fifty-seven percent. That's fine. That's fine. Of a billion, fine. exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, I just want to highlight a couple of upcoming DVD releases so that we know. Just keep it on your on your radar. I just got the email today to remind me that the Shazam television series is coming from Warner Archives in mid-September. Yes, finally, three disc set. How many episodes was that show? It was three seasons. What year was that? 1972 to 74. That was Saturday morning cartoons? Saturday morning live action show from Filmation. That was about the time they did Did all of them. Am I thinking of a Superman show or Shazam? Does he turn into a cartoon when he flies? No. Nope. Was that Superman? There was. uh, You're thinking of the the original Superman serial? That's what they did. Okay. He would take off back in the 40s. No, this is they superimposed him in the air and they did, um, and he flew. Blue screen was big. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I actually got the chance at Comic-Con to thank you to Gary Mirano to sit down with uh, uh, Michael Gray, who was Billy Batson on that show. And it was awesome sitting there and talking to that guy, you know, just because it's like, wow, wow, I watched you every Saturday. I really did. <laughs> and he lives around here. What? Yes. Let's have him on the podcast. location. Let's get him on the show. I don't know if I could, but maybe we'll see. Um, we should have a special DVD release podcast. That'd be great. Um, and and just <laughs> and, and we got a heads up to that. Not that there's anything beyond this. Is that, that uh, Pixar's latest film announced their release date? Uh, well, Brave uh, that their home video release will ah. be on uh, November 13th, just in time for Christmas. For Christmas. Of course, no no surprises there, but but Brave. Uh, so. Uh, if they want to sell more, they should do a, a Black Friday release. Uh, not a not no. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I don't think they, no, I don't, I I don't think so. they want any violence associated with it, which is ironic because it's a very violent film. Uh, but uh, you know, Nike doesn't have any problem with the riots over Air Jordans that are released the day after Thanksgiving. Yes, well, mm. Nike is evil. Disney's pretty evil. Oh, okay. No, no, do not say that. Do not say that. <laughs> He didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. Okay. <laughs> anyway. All right. So that's all. On that panicky note, thanks. Actually, the weird thing is I was told, and I'm not sure I have to get to trace this, is that uh, the founder of Nike, what's his name? Is Phil, Phil Knight. Knight. Yeah. Phil Knight's brother uh, is a movie producer and uh, produced, this is at least the urban myth I've heard over the weekend, he produced Paranorman. Oh, really? So I guess I have to give in and enjoy uh Nike now. Thanks. Oh, I enjoy we Nike. We didn't talk about the ponds. There's nothing wrong with evil corporations. We I love can... Nike. I love Disney. You know? They're not evil. Okay, they are. Uh, anyway, uh, but that's we give in. Uh, yeah, we should have mentioned with Doctor Who that there uh, next week will be a miniseries. Starting on Monday. Starting on Monday. That uh, is The Ponds. Uh, daily web series. Uh, that little episodes filling in what the ponds have been up to. In between the times that the doctor has come to disrupt their lives horribly, so sounds uh, like fun. It does sound like fun. I can't uh, wait. And then uh, you may notice that on the web there's somebody like edited shots of them in a into a like a 70s sitcom called uh, Amy and Rory the Ponds, episode one, 
where's the baby? And, <laughs> well, that was really black humor, which Nate does not understand. But he smiled appreciatively uh, like he does, I'm sure, when his mother makes a joke. Uh, I recognize that expression because that's the expression I wear when that happens. Uh, so when Nate's mother makes a joke. So that's all I got for this week. To remind you again, of course, we are available on iTunes. You can subscribe. We are available on the Fanboy Planet website. You can see fanboyplanet.com slash podcast.php. Again, back to iTunes, subscribe, review. Uh, we are available on stitcher.com podcast pickle because Rick just likes like the thought the of it. Of it. Uh, and if you like what you've heard, do uh, go to, uh, do click our little PayPal button on fanboyplanet.com. Uh, also, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com or sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com. Uh, until next week, I am, well, and beyond next week, really, I am still Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. Until next week and beyond, I am Nate Costa. 3,000. At least <laughs> until Thursday, I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use your powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. Nate, can I just move in with you and Tiffany when you start a new life down in Los no. Angeles? No. No? Can I be the wacky neighbor? I'll wear Hawaiian shirts. You can be shirts. the wacky neighbor, sure. I'll push open the door every now and then and say, Hello. <laughs> Especially if I hear you say to, to Tiffany, only an idiot would want to do that. He'll be the, he'll be the tomato man. <laughs> he'll come in with, he'll be Mr. Furley. Touch this tomato. Oh, Nate and Tiffany. Hey, <laughs> guys. I just oh. heard you guys were knocking on the wall. I thought I'd come by and see what's going on. Tiffany's like to go down to the room. We weren't Phoenix. knocking on the wall, Mr. Furley. <laughs> Well, I don't know what that was. <laughs> that must have been an earthquake, Nate. That must be that. <laughs> so. Too bad we don't do outtakes anymore. <laughs> no, you can again. Uh, <laughs> so, um, anyway, where were we? Okay, we were talking about Rob Liefeld. So, yes. Savage Hawkman, are you recording again? Yeah, I didn't stop. He never stopped. Okay. That's okay. what I told okay. you. Okay.